your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to uh, Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, the prelude to a Senate bombardment in Lacrosse tomorrow. Two Senate candidates, though I am not sure if one of them might not be actually coming here as a Senate candidate. But two Senate candidates are technically coming here. Alex Lazary will be at the Democratic Party of Lacrosse County's headquarters tomorrow afternoon, and then we'll be on the show. He's going to join me for the full hour. So if you have any questions tomorrow, Alex Lazary, Senate candidate, he's also done a podcast with me, with uh, myself and William Garcia, the party chair. And if you want to check that out, Democratic Voice podcast, just. If, wherever you search podcasts, I don't know if you're doing this yet, Democratic Voice Podcast. Also, while you're doing that, Lacrosse Talk PM Podcast. And you, I know you're listening, but just download it, put it on the list, hit download, hit automatic download. You don't even have to listen to it, but that way I get downloads, right? Uh, my show is sponsored now. You'll hear this in a little bit. I'm excited, though, because it's perfect for me. It's uh, it's a dog's world. They're in Onalaska. They're just out past the Gunderson Clinic in Onalaska. It's a grooming, daycare, and boarding. They opened in 2019. So they're sponsoring the show. I'm super excited about that. Right along the lines with what I love. And uh, I'm bringing Millie in there. I'm going to use the sponsorship at my, to my own, uh, for my own just self. I'm going to get Millie, my dog, Golden Retriever Groom. She really needs it, though. So And uh, hopefully... Hopefully they give me a good deal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, it's it's everything's on their website too. So if you go to it's a dog's world wi.com, uh, you know, there's everything you you need to know on there is there. So check it out and I'm super excited that they're sponsoring the show. Anyway, I did a couple of like recon things today in terms of uh, just, you know, stuff that's going on. And we got a hit on trying to log in here. Let me do it. Let me do it quick. We we need to hit on some of this stuff before, you know, it just kind of, it'll, it'll just go away. But uh, one of these, we talked with uh, state rep Jill Billings, and I'm going to play this interview again in the uh, bottom half of the hour. It was a really good interview I had last week during the morning show. Uh, just do, dealing with a couple of different things. Fentanyl legislation so billings has said and i don't know how many years it's it's kind of a challenge sometimes when the republicans hold office hold control of the office especially when it's a democratic or a republican governor but uh she says she's passed like 30 some bills dealing with fentanyl and the latest ones are the, the two that we talk about are just more penalties for fentanyl dealers so anyone that's dealing drugs with fentanyl in them. The idea that they don't get penalized as much as somebody dealing heroin. I think that's how that works at this point, but it's not going to be soon because the legislature passed a bill that will increase the penalties for uh, you dealing fentanyl. So that's good. And then another one had to do with, and she'll describe it, just fentanyl strips. And so those would be essentially for, it's almost uh, it's similar to maybe, your ideals with needle exchange, you don't want people reusing needles. So they, the idea that they can go to a needle exchange and 
get needles that are clean so they're not transmitting diseases by reusing needles along the slides, but not quite, maybe not quite as messy. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they'll end up on the ground, but, uh, fentanyl strips, I guess, or testing strips. I'm not exactly what, sure what they're called exactly, but, uh, just this idea that you have something you're going to ingest. A lot of drug dealers now are secretly, I think, putting fentanyl in drugs I don't pretend to be an expert here, but from what my from what I've talked to, you know, the people around here that deal with this stuff, fentanyl's getting into the drugs, and, and drug takers aren't they don't realize that, and then they take the drugs, and fentanyl's like a billion times more potent than any other drug or something. It's not a billion really, but it's very much more potent. Even when dogs sniff it, uh, they have some reaction sometimes when they're sniffing out drugs if there's fentanyl in the area. Um, so these testing strips will tell you if essentially if your drug has fentanyl in it, and then I don't know what happens after that. I guess you don't use the drug. Maybe you go back to your dealer and be like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. Maybe you go to the police and go, Hey, I, uh, (laughs) I found some drugs that's got laced with fentanyl and I'm pissed. Let's take this guy out. That would be that would be ideal, right? Like we can get these dealers off the streets of people that are taking drugs, but then they don't have drugs because they're addicted to drugs, and it's there's the circle, right? So it's a problem. So uh, yeah, I have some numbers on just drug overdoses that I got from the the city. Also, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A. I always want to say Chick Fil A because I'm just reading it, and I don't I, I don't actually like I'm not, I'm not watching TV with commercials a ton, where I'm seeing Chick Fil A commercials, but uh, I got some news on there. I uh, wanted more news from them, but they just, it's weird, right? They just, uh, I don't know. I can vent about it. I'm going to vent about it in a minute. 608-785-7914. That's the talk and text line if you want to get in here. 608-785-7914. So do so now. You can call me now. We can talk about some of this stuff. Uh, and then at the bottom half of the hour, I'm going to play this pretty important conversation I had with Jill Billings about the state legislature and some of the stuff that they're doing. And then the Governor Evers and the state surplus and the fight now right between Republicans and Democrats about giving our tax money back right now. Republicans don't want to do it when in history they always want to do it. The, the fight is exactly the opposite in Minnesota, but we'll talk about it. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM one o'clock Thursday. That's my dog. It's a dog's world appointment. Harry Millie. And uh, what's great too. And I'll let you know, but, my dog's 12 years old, so uh, I get to uh, talk to them about that. Hey, can you? She doesn't isn't going to be great. She's super friendly, but she's not going to be great standing for multiple hours. So we got to. They're all about like, yeah. What What do you want to do? How do you want to How do you want to handle that? So anyway, we got a. Uh, we were talking about fentanyl. Uh, this conversation I had with Jill Billings, and some of the legislation that passed in the last two weeks, just dealing with fentanyl. Increasing the penalties for drug dealers that deal fentanyl, kind of bringing them up to the level of somebody that deals heroin. It's part of a conversation I'll have here in a little bit with Joe Billings. But Greg is calling, and Greg, I, I, not not completely related, but somewhat related, right? Greg, you want to talk about something? Yeah, yeah. Hey, congratulations on your new sponsor. I love dogs too. Yeah, thanks. Hey, uh, there's I'm just not not aware listeners were, were no no, but. Uh, there's been an increase in just random break-ins and attempted crimes in downtown La Crosse. 
number of buildings have been broken into. There was an attempted arson of that a few weeks ago on, on a, a building on Third Street. Um, it, that that's you know these things happen from time to time. But it was it's become aware that uh, it's it's become a little more wider known that current uh, county of uh, across county and across uh, city police department are um, not necessarily detaining people that they arrest for some of these crimes today. COVID is running rampant in the jail and jail staff has been compromised. Um, and it seems like they're letting more folks walk on signature bonds uh, from the site of a crime, even though they're, they'll rise to the level of sometimes a, a class C felony. Uh, were you, were you as, as a news organization, is Wisdom aware of that? And if not, uh, could we ask you to uh, reach out to uh, City of Lacrosse or Lacrosse County for comment? Um, it, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be out of the question. I don't know if they're I don't know I don't think they're changing the rules based on you, you know hey we're gonna let this guy out on signature bond when in a non pandemic we were we would keep him in jail. I don't think I don't think that's how that works. I would say that, but I I, I wouldn't say exact I know exactly maybe they put a ankle bracelet on him or something but um, they they are trying to mediate. The Correct. is mediate Correct. the word the COVID in the you know just lessen the spread of COVID in the jails and you know the city jail the the, the prison they're two different things so there's two different things working there right um, the arson Correct. attempt you said a building wasn't it, was it a was it a guy wasn't it someone's house when you say building but... uh, no no it was it was a it was a commercial building in downtown Lacrosse um, uh, somebody jumped in and uh, attempted to, to burn it down a couple Fridays ago. Um, and and claimed on site to the to the officers that he wasn't going to be the first building he was going to burn down. Uh, so it, what shocked me is that they let him walk, um, even with that circumstance. But again, um, their hands are tied. There it seems like there's a policy in place. You know, there's a line in the sand. You know, if somebody you know murders somebody, they're they're going to detain them. Uh, but if somebody commits a, a lesser felony, it seems like they let them walk. Just don't know where the line in the sand is. Uh, they're related to the policy and what kind of crimes they allow people to walk on, what crimes they they will actually detain people for. Yeah, because I know there was there was two different arson attempts. Neither of them were a building. One killed a dog, and um, another one was, you know, I'm just there's a couple of different ones. So I haven't I haven't seen this story. What you're talking about, where a guy uh, threatened to burn multiple buildings down. So um, I couldn't I couldn't tell you exactly there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth understanding what the jails or the prisons are doing when a pandemic happens and how they're not, you know, trying not to get everyone in the jail, you know, COVID. And on the right. flip that, side, that's, you that, know, seems reasonable. that seems reasonable. Yeah. How do you what what, what 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 doesn't seem reasonable is that the public's not aware of, you know, what the lines in the sand are and. And if there's been any changes to those guidelines or since the pandemic began or since there have been a large spike in, in recent months, uh, you know, how those detention uh, policies are being enforced currently. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the call, Greg. All right, we're going to go back to the phones, I think. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, we got another call. Hold tight. Yeah, who is this? Caller, you're, you're on the air. This is Jeff calling. Hey, Jeff, go ahead. You're You're on. I just want to throw something out there. Since such a small percentage of the population is doing fentanyl or heroin or smack or whatever you want to call it, why not just have the government go and buy a whole pile of it and put it out there free? That yeah. will stop crime. They don't have to go and start, you know, stealing crap from people and, and do a... 
you know, just give it to them for nothing. Let them weed their own, let them weed themselves out. You know, it's it's not it's not the craziest idea. I think fentanyl is is problematic though because it's so potent. But you know, you're you, Jeff. You're not you're not out of the realm. There's there's places in the world that just don't have a war on drugs and they're okay. Uh, you know, but they, they also there's a story. Uh, um, I think I'm going to get it on the on Wisdom News, but there is a story about how every state around us is reaping rewards from from regulating marijuana, and Wisconsin we can't even decide to to legalize it medically, while every state and country, including Canada, around us has some form of medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. And the states with recreational marijuana are just raking in cash. And meanwhile, we, oh. we're, we're stuck in the mud. I've been down to Illinois a couple times just to go down and buy gummies. You know, it's a nice ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Is it faster? Yeah, faster to go to Illinois than to Upper Michigan, right? Because yeah, you could go to Upper Michigan or go to Canada if you want to do it that way. Yeah, that's a nice ride, too. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. <laughs> Bye. All right, so that- yeah, the the idea that the the war on drugs, if we just ended the war on drugs and said have at it, maybe not have at it per se, but like regulate it, like oh, you want cocaine, <laughs> you want uh heroin, I don't know. Some of these drugs are pretty bad for you. It would you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to go free for all and everything. I did get an email a long time ago, not all, not all that long long ago, a couple months ago about I think it was God, I want to say it was Portugal that just doesn't do it. Just doesn't have a war on drugs, and uh, it's actually they 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 kind of they kind of doing pretty well, pretty well. And this emailer was pretty adamant about, hey, you should you should check this out, and maybe we need to do that. Uh, Jim's calling in. Jim, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, just a real uh, easy idea here is maybe our government should be a little more concerned with our borders, and the fentanyl situation would. Wouldn't nearly be what it is right now, but uh, till we control our borders and stop what's coming across, uh, they don't really care. So uh, it's a moot point to try and do anything else. We're on the upper end of everything. It could be covered pretty easily if we wanted to take care of the border situation. So, so how do you do that? I have to say. How do you do that? You have some controls on our border. Better- Biden's letting everybody and anybody walk across down there. Oh, that's coming across like you wouldn't believe. We don't we don't control our borders. We're a country without border per, control. Pretty so sure we're detaining. have to say. I'm pretty sure we're detaining more people now than under the Trump administration. It's always the 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 two sided. Is it a two sided coin? I don't know. My my cliches are awful sometimes, but uh, we complain about Trump doing something at the border and complaining, complaining, putting children in cages, whatever, anything like that. And then on the flip side, you know, this is like where you big big media. That covers this stuff. I'm not going to pretend to be covering the border, but uh, although there are some news about Canada, people coming over the border in Canada, but that made the website because they uh, some kind of child trafficking situation. Uh, it was it was kind of interesting because it's like, oh yeah, people can come over the Canadian border. But when Biden takes office, the, those stories go away, even though the policies remain and possibly get worse, uh, where we're detaining children in cages and where we're detaining more people at the border than ever before. But the news settles a little bit because, you know, it's not Trump. So 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Yeah. So going back to the, the quote unquote war on drugs or the, maybe we shouldn't have a war at all. 
Uh, Illinois has collected more than $400 million in tax revenue in 2021 alone. $400 million because they legalized recreational marijuana. Michigan did the same thing. $250 million is how much they raked in in legalizing medical marijuana. Or not medical marijuana, just legalizing marijuana recreationally. So here we are in Wisconsin not doing anything about that. We're, I believe they're, not that we're not doing anything about that. I will say a story last week, uh, a couple of Republicans proposed a bill to legalize marijuana medically in the state. I didn't hear any news beyond that. Um, and if you remember our conversation with Steve Doyle last week, too, Republicans make headlines here because this maybe gets in the, into a committee where Democrats, I believe, have this bill all the time, legalizing marijuana in one way, shape, or form. And because Republicans control the legislature, it never makes it to even a committee, and therefore it doesn't make news because, you know, it's just a random bill. If, you know, some a lawmaker around here put out a bill like that, we would it would make news because we can cover our lawmakers. But to cover every lawmaker and to figure out what every bill ever is proposed would be a daunting task. But Steve Doyle said this last week, uh, just legislation regulating uh, catalytic converters. We hear this in the news all the time, right? The, people are stealing catalytic converters off your cars, parked out in the streets, taking them to junkyards, and selling them. Well, there is now legislation that is going to the governor's desk that is going to put some regulations on scrapyards being able to collect and pay money for catalytic converters. That a story coming up. But Steve Doyle had a bill because he talked to Lacrosse Police, apparently, and he, and he said he had a bill out there that was going to do this. But there was also a Republican bill out there that was pretty much the same. I even asked him if the Republicans just copied his homework. Uh, he kind of laughed and he didn't say anything and he didn't want to put down the other bill. He kind of he knows how, quote unquote, politics works. Right. Uh, the, the Republicans control the legislature, he said, then Republicans are going to take the bill that the Republicans created. And if Democrats controlled the legislature, then Democrats would take the bill that Democrats re- uh, created if it were, you know, everything was everything else was even. But anyway, so so there's there's bills out there when Republicans get get their bill in the news because they can bring it to committee, legalize medical marijuana, and then and then we'll see where it goes from there. Probably nowhere because you know we're not going to do that. Governor Evers had marijuana legislation in his budget, but you know what happened to the budget? Republicans threw it in the garbage and created their own. Uh, I always bring that up when I bring that up. I like to bring up PIFA's legislation because Governor Evers had a big, huge. Uh, multiple step process to fight PIFAs in Wisconsin, all kinds of things. Whereas French Island is over a year now in bottled water, and Republicans threw all that away. And all they did was say we're going to regulate what fire departments do to collect PIFAs from uh, from varying fire departments across the the state. One million dollars. <laughs> that's all. That's all they're going to do. They're just going to go collect some of it. But no no legislation on how to fight it, how to help people that are you know, on bottled water. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. So, all right, 608-785-7914. Yeah, we're going to play that conversation I have with Jill Billing, state rep here in, in La Crosse, the, in, in the city of La Crosse, state assembly rep in a minute. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You want to rant with me? On the text line, I'm going to play this conversation I recently had with Jill Brillings, the state assembly rep here in La Crosse. 
uh, on some of the things that the state legislature has done over the past couple of weeks. So here's that interview. All right, so we've got Governor Evers. I call it making it rain. He's going to give $150 checks to everybody. We also have some fentanyl legislation that you were part of that I wanted to get into. And then I wanted to get into what I call trolling legislation, where Republicans sign, you know, goes through the assembly, goes through the Senate, total party line vote, and nobody on either side agrees on it. And then the governor vetoes it, and and everybody knows the governors are going to veto it, but we still do it anyway. Which one of those do you want to tackle first? Well, let's talk about the uh, fentanyl legislation, since that has a a real uh, local, well, all of it has local impact, but the fentanyl legislation was was, uh, requested by our local law enforcement. Yeah, the La Crosse police asked, what is it, we want to go after the people who are selling drugs with fentanyl in it, or selling fentanyl, or how does that work? Well, fentanyl is an incredibly powerful drug. I've heard stories from law enforcement about them having to, even their drug-sniffing dogs who have um, gone through cars or other areas and have have, um, hit on fentanyl, the dogs can actually overdose from just sniffing and ingesting it, and they've had to use Narcan on on their dogs. This is a drug that has been on the rise in our community and throughout Wisconsin and actually most of the United States. Yeah, I think I think um, in La Crosse. It, can be, it think, can be ground down and, and pressed into so it looks like another pill. When it's fentanyl, it could look like it's something else. It can be used to lace drugs. Some drug dealers use it to lace drugs to get that high. It's a cheaper drug often than other drugs, but it can cause an incredible high. And so people overdose. I mean, it's just, it's too much. And so, and there's a lot, there was a lot of, we're seeing a lot of it. And so law enforcement, um, two investigators, um, Tolstead and Mancuso contacted me and said, you know, when we find someone who's dealing fentanyl, we can't charge them as much as if they're dealing heroin and other drugs. So, you know, can you do something about increasing the penalty for uh, dealing fentanyl, manufacturing, distributing fentanyl. And so I said, yeah, I'll look into it and um, looked into it and contacted some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, um, some champions that would help me get this through. Senator Wongard is the author in the Senate. After we had some really good hearings, the investigators came up to testify on one of them. And we've had a, we had other law enforcement testify. So this bill actually passed through committee, got on the calendar and passed uh, this past week. It just adds to the you know, 30 pieces of legislation that I've been, it's over 30 pieces of legislation that I've been part of or helped usher through the legislature to address our opioid crisis. And it ranges from, from legislation that helps with prevention, that helps with treatment, some legislation for more drug enforcement officers, uh, DEA um, agents. So this is just another piece of that long string of legislation to address our crisis. You're not defunding the police, Jill? <laughs> um, no, okay. I'm not defunding the police. When it, when it, um, comes, to, when it comes to fentanyl, yeah. I think in La Crosse County, we've had more drug overdose deaths, right, than we've ever had before. Maybe in 2021 or 2020, it was the most ever, I think around 40 or 45 or something, right? Yeah, our, yes, that's, that's true. It's, uh, I, I believe now it's higher than 45. But our, um, when the governor came to La Crosse, in 2018-2019 and signed some other legislation um, that I had, I had helped with to address the opioid crisis. 
we were at a point where actually um, overdoses were going down. We had kind of hit a kind of a curve where where we had done with the help of a lot of local folks. Um, we had done activities and taken actions that really it was helping, especially Narcan. You know, the, our the way that we deliver Narcan and have more Narcan in our communities available for people, that's helped with um, overdoses. So we were rounding the corner in 2018. It felt like we were, those numbers were dropping. But in 2019, I think because of isolation due to COVID and because there was more fentanyl on the streets, that number has been going up. So um, we were at Opioid Awareness Day at um, at Cooley Council on Recovery, and two moms were talking about their their adult children and overdosing and, you know, seeing those drug dealers back out on the streets and their frustration with that. Yeah, I was there. So I think <laughs> it helps with that a little bit. All right, so fentanyl, yeah, it just it seems like probably like fentanyl got into the area and got into the drugs and people can't handle it. It makes it a little cheaper because whoever's whoever's making or selling the drugs, hey, I'll put a little fentanyl in here and it'll give you a better high and it'll save me money because I don't have to give you as much what morphine. I'm not a drug aficionado, so I couldn't tell you, but this is the thing that killed Prince, right? It's it's the drug that killed Prince. It's clearly killing a lot of people around here. So you you've introduced and had signed Governor Evers just has to sign uh, some of this legislation that will will even out the penalty for someone that's dealing fentanyl, uh, along with somebody that's what dealing heroin, right? Right. And the thing, this is the other thing about overdoses and fentanyl is that a lot of times people who are ingesting fentanyl don't even know that that's what they're ingesting. It, like I said, it's laced in drugs, so people are taking it and not knowing that that's what they're getting. There were a couple of there was an unfortunate situation where where two students died from drug overdose in Milwaukee. Another initiative that was passed this past week that I think will help with this situation is legalization of fentanyl testing strips. As it's described, a testing strip that you can use to make sure that what you're using is what you think you're using and doesn't have fentanyl included or laced in, in what you're ingesting. That was that was considered drug paraphernalia previously, so it was illegal. But really, that could be a great tool to help decrease overdoses, um, just so people know what they're ingesting. Yeah, definitely. And that, was, that legislation was passed on the same day. So I think those two bills together are, you know, another way that we can help with this issue. There was a, the previous week, we also passed some legislation that the Department of Health Services had asked for that uh, would do things like uh, create um, a mobile medically assisted treatment delivery up in the northern areas of Wisconsin, rural areas where you may have to drive two and a half hours to get treatment. Mm-hmm. And so just we're, we're still working at combating against, you know, this opioid crisis in our state. I think with some of the um, settlement money that will be coming in and some of the federal money that will be coming into our state, I think we'll even be able to do more. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on this fight against the opioid crisis. But it's been a for me, it's been a 10 year battle. Are we putting any of those people in jail for, uh, you know, manufacturers of opioids? You talk about settlement money, but we didn't put anyone in jail from that, I don't think. Oh, for like from Purdue Pharmaceuticals? Right. Yeah, that's always, that's always interesting is like you've increased yeah. the penalties for people that are dealing it. Well, those guys are kind of dealing it, but they're not going to jail. They're just paying billions in settlement money. Yeah, I, I got to say that's. Unfortunately, that's outside of my pay rate range. Telling a friend yesterday, I don't have a magical legislative pen that can take care of everything I'd like to do, but (laughs) 
Yeah, I yeah, that. I think that might be ongoing. Sure. I talked to Steve Doyle about this bill that will allow dogs to go into stores like that don't have not grocery stores, but just like Menards stores like that. And it went through the Senate. They got to the assembly, and somebody added cats to the legislation. Rumor is you added cats to this legislation, so we could bring. <laughs> no, uh, that wasn't you. No, I did not. No, okay. Um, no, I, I did not. It was, it was seemed... um, yes, this, but uh, but that bill does have some controversy. I'll say, even among the group of legislators I was sitting with, the person next to me, he held up a picture on his cell phone of his dog, and he was like, "Yes." And then uh, the other person on the other side was like, "No, I don't think dogs belong in stores like that." Uh, so it was it was an it was an interesting um, sort of debate, and it didn't follow along political lines. And it was an issue of you know some people there it, it, there are there are there are views on both sides of that, but it did pass. It did pass. So now, yeah. Um, once the governor signs, I'm not sure if there's a, a wait time after the governor signs it, but. And then, Places like uh, Fleet Farm will be able to. You'll be able to bring your animals in, and yeah, so. as long as as long as Fleet Farm is cool with it. All right, I want to get the, the 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 your take on what the governor did yesterday, real quick. Uh, the headline is that the governor is going to distribute one hundred fifty dollars checks to residents, but it's so much more than that with this budget surplus, right? Yes, this is a portion. One point, I think, I believe it's one point seven billion dollars of the three point eight billion dollars that we have in surplus. And that doesn't even include our rainy day funds, which are full. I mean, we have, I, I think that we've done a good job over the last several years of making sure that we are ready for a rainy day. Now, this is a rainy day. You know, people are still suffering from some of the effects of COVID, and that includes things like inflation. I've been hearing from folks in my district lately about rising heating bills. There are um, a lot of People are still, there are some people who are struggling with those effects of COVID. So the governor felt like um, this would be an appropriate use of the money. And we've seen this in the past. I mean, I remember decades ago getting our Tommy checks when Tommy Thompson wrote checks and sent them back to everybody. He was a very skilled political leader. He wanted to have his name on the check so that everybody would see this money came from Tommy Thompson. Yeah. Uh, the governor is more practical. He's ju- he's just including these as a, a tax rebate. So people actually don't have to do anything to get this uh, rebate. It will be included um, if it passes. It would be included in w- any for anyone who files a 2021 tax return. You don't have to do anything to receive it. And um, it's, a, it's flat across the board, so it, it doesn't depend on your uh, salary or what you're paying in for taxes, everybody would get $150. Yeah, I think when I'm looking at some of the other stuff on here, the most important part of this might be, you know, okay, everyone's going to get a $150 check, but also there's $102.6 million in here for a caregiver tax credit that's probably just supplementing some of the other tax credits. And then there's, you know, child and independent care credit. There's some other things on here. You know, child care, a lot of people have kids and a lot of people, this is a lot of a, a big worry, I think, for a lot of people's uh, I got to work, but I also got to afford childcare, and and they they often don't go hand in hand. Yes, and and I believe that the I know there was a federal um, tax credit that I I was um, talking about this in at Sprout Daycare with Congressman Kind last summer, and but that I think that has expired now. I believe that that's expired. So. Um, it's important for those families to have relief. You know, some people look at 
at this as a sort of a public good issue. I look this at this as public infrastructure. You know, we need a quality, affordable child care so that people have a safe, nurturing place to leave their children when they go to work. And unfortunately, as during COVID, as it's been more difficult and pre-COVID, as people were struggling to find childcare, some people just threw up their hands and said, you know, we'll tighten their belts, we'll do with less, and we're going to have mom or dad stay home with the kids. Sometimes they could find a grandparent that retired early and would stay home for the kid, with the kids. Now, our unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in 40 years in Wisconsin right now. So we're really at a point where we need to, to bring more people into the workplace, and I think this would be a, a way to uh, help bring people who, who might want to work but feel like it's too difficult to find childcare to help bring them into the workforce. Plus, we know that early brain development is so important with kids. They're not just lumps of clay. You know, those brains are just growing and growing. So we need quality daycare for our our kids. The Actually, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce had said this is a investing in childcare is a um, two-generational win um, for employers and for our workforce because you're enabling that first generation to go to work and have a safe place to put their kids, and you're also having a good start, giving a good start to that second generation of people that work and keep our economy going. Yeah. We're speaking with State Rep Jill Billings, 95th Assembly District. Last thing, I just I only have a minute here. I just want to get your take. Your safe harbor bill didn't get through any committees, didn't do anything the last two weeks here, or what? Well, it got a hearing in the Senate previously, and we're working on getting it through the, getting a hearing in the Assembly. No, nothing yet. I'll tell you, there's a lot of weird, kind of strange bills going through, but unfortunately, that one hasn't gotten a hearing. But we did uh, designate January national. We wrote a resolution to designate January as national um, or as human trafficking month in Wisconsin. And we've been able to do a lot of education. People like folks like you that are asking the question about what is human trafficking, what does Safe Harbor do? So Thank you for thank you for still highlighting that issue, that important issue of keeping kids safe and not charging them with crimes when they're when they're uh, trafficked. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just put my lackey on it, and she bugged you about it. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she um, was, you know, I, I have to say, I'll say this on the air. Sam was great. She she had done good research. She had really good questions, and I've been interviewed by several professionals. You know, people who've been in the field on this issue, and she did a really good job. Yeah, I uh, I read the story and I was like, Sam, I don't have to edit this. This is good. <laughs> so I was happy <laughs> yeah. with it. All right, Jill, I thank you so much for spending a couple minutes here with us this morning. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation with Joe Billings. Some of the things that the legislator legislature is doing – because a lot of this stuff that gets passed in the Senate, in the Assembly, and heads to the governor's desk is what I like to call trolling legislation. We're just trolling in the state legislature. We got no, we got nothing better to do than create some bills to rile up the base, and you know, know that Governor Evers is going to veto it. I really wish the roles were flipped, or I. <laughs> I don't wish this because it would just be awful, but on the flip side, if if Minnesota had had this kind of div- divisiveness in the state legislature, 
it would be fun to just kind of watch how how Minnesota fights. Maybe that maybe Minnesota has an all Democratic legislature and a Republican governor, although that's, that hasn't happened in, in decades. Um, but they have a split house, so one so they actually have to work together. I don't think it solves any long. La- I don't think any of this solves problems in the long run because I think the divisiveness. We might actually need to. to, to figure out how to end this divisiveness in politics because it's getting pretty bad where nothing seemingly nothing gets done or a lot of the stuff that's getting done isn't isn't productive but billings talked about these two bills dealing with fentanyl i think i think when it comes to punishing people for doing or for dealing drugs or just comes to punishing people on drugs the legislature really gets it done we really we really come together as a state to punish people <laughs> And it's hard to defend people that are making and dealing and in fentanyl, right? Like that's that's not a place to go plant your flag. We got to defend these people, but but that's some of the legislation that gets done. And tied into that, actually, was was some better legislation, I think, in terms of uh, allowing testing strips. Apparently, testing strips are illegal, which seems stupid. So they're not going to be anymore if he ever signs this bill, which I think he believe I believe he will. Um, but yeah, just the ability to test what drugs I might be ingesting to make sure they don't have fentanyl in them, that's illegal. That seems ridiculous. So no no more as soon as Eva signs that. But uh, other other bills, if you remember our conversation with Steve Doyle, this is weird too. Maybe, maybe this is productive in the legislature, but the ability to allow dogs in stores that don't have like open food like you can't allow you can't allow a dog into a grocery store right because their fur is going to get on some of the stuff that's exposed although some of us might you might argue that some of us have enough hair that (laughs) it's worse than a dog's but the assembly passes this bill it goes to no the senate passes the bill i believe i don't remember the back and forth but it, it was to allow dogs into stores like menards or maybe like tj maxx Stuff like that. Although, do you really want your dog in TJ Maxx? Again, fur on clothes. Don't want it. But somebody in the assembly added cats to the legislature. Hey, if you're going to allow dogs, why not cats? I don't know if that's reasonable or unreasonable. I don't see any harm in allowing cats. But where does it end? What what about turtles? Can I bring my pet turtle into the store? Um, But somebody added cats, and then it got went back to the Senate, and the Senate deleted cats out of the the amendment. We had a cat amendment in the state legislature, and then they they passed the bill in the Senate, and then that's going to go to Governor Evers' desk. First of all, I don't know why we're banning dogs from stores. Let stores just put no dogs allowed outside their windows. You know, I don't. Do we need a Do we need a law that says? You know, stores can't. I guess it's one of those deals where we make the state the bad guy instead of the store for allowing my dog. Can I bring my dog into the store? But it is kind of weird that we had to fight about it and then add cats to to the bill and then delete it from the bill. So, I mean, Doyle, Steve Doyle, state assembly rep in you know on Alaska, greater La Crosse area, made the joke that the Senate hates cats. Why not just allow cats? The assembly allowed cats. Um, but getting back to fentanyl, I asked the county how many drug deaths or drug overdose, drug overdoses and drug overdose deaths we've had because of fentanyl and just not because of fentanyl. So um, 
and I have those numbers, drug overdose deaths in 2021 so far. So, so far, no, in 2020, yeah, so far in 2021 because five results are still pending. There's been 30 drug overdoses. Last, uh, 2020, there were 38. And in 2019, there were 2022. So we had 16 more drug overdose deaths in 2020 than in 2019. And the numbers, you know, 24 and 2018 and, and in 2017, we had 15. So we've more than doubled and doubled at this point the number of drug overdose deaths in the past five years. Now, drug overdose deaths, this might be a more interesting number. I'm not sure. Drug overdose deaths that include fentanyl. In 2017, that was three. In 2018, it was 18. 2019, it was 14. 2020, it was 28. So in 2017, it was three. And in 2020, it was 28. And last year, we have 24 so far. And there are still some pending results. I think maybe the same five pending results. They're going to find out if those are drug overdose deaths. And then if they are drug overdose deaths that include fentanyl. So... Yeah, so we have we have a fentanyl problem, it looks like, and a drug overdose problem as well. And the numbers really jumped from 2019 to 2020. I wonder what could have happened in there that caused those numbers to jump. Just not quite sure. Uh, maybe something we're still fighting, right? Uh, number three is calling in. Number three, go ahead. Little $8 short. Anyway, good luck with the dog tomorrow. Thursday. Oh, Thursday, okay. Well, good luck with the dog. And it'd be kind of interesting to hear in La Crosse County how many people died from COVID, if it was more or less than drugs. Uh, it's like 100 and in, in, I, I, I can get the number. It'll take me a minute. I have a bookmark, but I have a lot of numbers, a lot well, of these COVID well, it's numbers. More, it's more from COVID than it is from drugs. Then. Yeah, it's like 125 over the okay, course well, that, of the that's pandemic. Too high a number. I, I feel bad on that. But. No, that's fine. I mean, you can you definitely like it's it was it's worth asking at some point. But then when you yeah. find out the number, you're like, oh, yeah, oh boy, that's that's too bad. Anyway, these people that are getting too much drugs, you know, whatever you call it, yeah, uh, maybe they can just go to the someplace down City Hall or someplace and they get a refund that they bought something they couldn't use and then the city can have a fund to reimburse those people so they can go buy something they can use. Okay. Huh? Uh, sure. <laughs> something for the mayor to think of. He means coming up with all other kinds well, of Well, he'll be here mon- he'll be here next month this coming Monday. So, well, we're we'll at drill him next Monday. We're at 153 COVID-19 deaths in La Crosse County of La Crosse Ooh. County residents. Yeah, so that's, it's so the number you got to think about it too. The number isn't just how many people have died in La Crosse County. Those are literally La Crosse County residents. So 153 of us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All so right. That's a lot. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Bad number. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Okay. Good luck with the dog. All right. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Millie to uh, my new show sponsor. It's a dog's world in Onalaska on Thursday to get groomed because uh, she needs it, and I got a show sponsor, so it's great. I'm really. Uh, super happy about all of that. Um, all right, so I think uh, that's probably going to wrap it up. It's all the time I have for today. Really appreciate uh, y'all calling in and appreciate Jill Billings talking to me for some time about uh, some of the legislation and some of the things Governor Evers uh, is proposing. And the fight continues in the state legislature, as you saw with Scott's comment, too, if you want to read that. 
If you missed it, it's a pretty good one. Scott's comment, wisdomnews.com under blogs. Check that out as well.